Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 96. My name is Orbital Albert, and I'll be your host for today's episode, where we talk about my best bud, Pete, also known in this story as Burnout Pete. So, um, and, and also, how you can avoid allowing this infection to ruin your pinball game, to ruin your pinball fun to ruin your favorite pinball podcast, to ruin your favorite pinball social media, to wreck your pinball playing experience, to prevent you from enjoying collecting or flipping pinball machines. It's something we all experience in one way, shape, or form, and that's burnout. And that can happen really when you do anything too often. Um, This topic has actually been really popular on YouTube right now. You have uh, some huge YouTubers uh, like PewDiePie and Philip DeFranco and uh, and many others talking about the burnout that they feel from just the, the day-to-day want and need of the YouTube algorithm wanting them to put up new um, material every single solitary day. Now, thank God, pinball is not like that. You do not have to listen to a pinball podcast every single day. You don't have to play pinball every single day. You don't have to search for your newest collectible pinball machine. You don't have to look for deals on Kijiji every single day. You don't have to repost any of your pinball machines you have for sale every single solitary day. You... Don't have to watch pinball on YouTube or Twitch or your favorite streamers or go on Pinside every single solitary day. Because if you start doing that too often, you too will become burnt out. Because something that I'm sick and tired of hearing people say is, I got sick of it. It's not ironic that I'm sick and tired of that. So people will say, I got sick and tired of it. A good buddy of mine, his uncle was huge into pinball. He had seven or eight machines in his basement. Um, probably the most in the city of London, certainly that I would know of from back then, like in the early to mid nineties. And, um, he just up and quit. And I asked my buddy like, well, what happened? He said, meh, he just got sick of it. He just, he had collected machines for that long and he had just bought and fixed up so many machines and he always had people over and he was always talking about pinball. And I mean, you couldn't even watch pinball on YouTube then. So I don't even know how this guy got burnt out, but basically he just overdid it. So don't overdo it. And now is the story of my best bud, Pete. So Pete and I met when I moved to Shedden back in kindergarten. He was in grade one, much older and cooler than I at the time. And uh, we didn't get along at all. He didn't like me. He didn't like the cut of my jib. I didn't like the look on his face. No, I'm just kidding. I I don't know what, we just didn't like each other. Kind of, he was used to being like, I don't know, he was sort of the I don't know, leader of the pack. He was kind of like, he kind of like all the other kids, even some of the grade two kids looked up to him and kind of like listened to him. He was kind of the, the the head of the group for the kids in my tiny town of Shedden with 400 people. Those of you living out in rural, anywhere else, North America, know what I'm talking about. Um, and it was boring. There wasn't much to do. And within about two years, we went from being uh, arch enemies to best friends uh, he actually stole my bike once when we were playing a game of army tag and didn't give it back to the next day. Um, my mom actually had to call his mom and then he brought back my bike. But, and then we end up becoming buddies, ironically enough. And, uh, for years and years and years, Pete was an all or nothing guy. So it didn't matter. It was like when we got into running together in our mid twenties, when we decided we had partied too long 
and uh, wanted to recoup our bodies a little. We got into running and within probably three or four months, he was taking it so seriously that he was in a running club and he had read several books on running and he had a uh, subscription to Runner's World magazine and he was writing on all the running forums all the time and then I remember a year or two later he was taken so seriously that I didn't even like know half of his running buddies anymore like they took over his Facebook group and his social media and um, I remember even once we went to go do a race called Around the Bay together and I took a bus with his running group and I felt like an alien because everyone on the bus knew each other and uh, on the bus on the way home um, each and every person went up and, and everyone cheered for each other and they had this great camaraderie and this big group of friends and I remember thinking well I don't know any of these people but basically Pete every every single kind of hobby or sport that Pete and I kind of picked up over the years he always got more into it quicker than me except for pinball by the time I was getting back into pinball Pete and I weren't talking that much because um well I don't know I think we had just kind of drifted apart as sometimes people do and they're their late 30s or so, uh, you know, especially been friends since kindergarten or frenemies, I guess. And um, Pete basically had completely burnt out his body, literally. His IT band had been um, just stretched so hard so far so many times from doing so many runs and so many races with, you know, in the period of about a decade, by the time he got to his mid thirties, he couldn't run anymore. He had gone to the Fowler Kennedy clinic here in London, which is one of the top physio type places, seen some of the best uh, people and tried everything. And they all just told him the same thing. You have to run less. You have to run less hard. You have to be less intense. But like I said, he's an all or nothing type dude. That's what he does. He does everything a hundred percent. So then he started getting into disc golf. And uh, the funny part was, I remember when I was kind of playing disc golf, you know, we get together on Thursdays and we have a couple beers and we go, uh, for those of you who don't know about frolf, uh, frolf disc golf is just where you throw a frisbee and it basically goes into a basket, which we call a hole. It's a mixture of kind of playing ultimate frisbee mixed with golf, kind of. So even though it doesn't really resemble either of those sports whatsoever. But I remember him running by us once when he had qualified for the Boston Marathon and uh, he, you know, was hoping to even better his time at the Boston Marathon, which very rarely do people do because your qualifying marathon is usually somewhere easy enough for you to qualify that's flat enough and doesn't have huge elevation changes. And he wanted to beat it here after doing Heart Attack Hill and all these other giant hills that are in Boston and uh, beat that time. And sure enough, he did. He actually beat it by like four or five minutes, I believe. Um, getting somewhere in like a two, four, two hour, 45 minute, like Boston marathon, which is phenomenal. Some of the top women in the world get like two and a half hours. So, you know, he did a great job. He killed it at it. But of course, then he was never able to run again shortly after this. Um, and I remember he was running by while we were playing disc golf and he was kind of making fun of us, calling us hippies and like, oh, what's this? This isn't even a sport. And sure enough, a couple months later, when he was diagnosed and told he literally just can't do it, and he, he has to stop or else he might not even be able to walk properly in the future. So he stopped and he started playing disc golf. And sure enough, he loved it. And then within three months, even though we had been playing for two years, he was better than all of us. And then all of a sudden he had 200 discs and then he was dying his own discs. And then he joined the Thursday night professional group, which means he couldn't play with our amateur group anymore. And then he was part of the Sunday night, like semi pro group. And then he was part of all these different groups here in London. And he got really, really, really good. And then he started traveling and he was traveling all over. And from what I understand now from talking to him on 
Saturday, he's kind of burnt out with that, and he's not going to be traveling forward as much. He'll still play from time to time, but of course he experienced burnout. And I think the reason that so, for instance, one of the things we really got into was poker back in the day, but because he went out and spent, you know, a hundred bucks on this Doyle Brunson book that was 800 pages, and you almost need to be a mathematician to understand some of this poker stuff. Because he got so into it so quickly, he got burnt out within a year, and here I am 20 years later, and I still play poker once in a while, a couple times a month if I'm bored, especially in the wintertime, I'll go play like an online tournament on PokerStars or something. Um couple times a year me and my buddies just get together and play a fun five or ten dollar just poker tournament and even last year we played like a non-hold'em tournament for the first time forever and that was kind of fun because we just don't take it that seriously and that's why you can keep it in your life and that's what I would like to do with pinball so as soon as I feel like I've been playing pinball maybe a little bit too much that night like uh even on Thursday nights I pay and I'm Dutch guys when I pay five bucks to do all you can play pinball call the office I want to stay there and play all night so sometimes I've been playing from 8 p.m and it's midnight and I should go home and I don't want to drink anymore but I'm like but it's free pinball and oh Iron Maiden just opened up oh Ghostbusters just opened up oh my god Sopranos is free holy cow you I've never seen that before the Munsters is open. Just kidding. Munsters isn't there yet, but hopefully soon. Um, see, like when when we they get a new game there, it's also really hard for me to leave. But by the end of that night, my arms are sore, my back's a little sore, my neck's sore. You guys know if you you know you play an hour or two of pinball, you're probably okay. But you do four or five hours, you're starting to feel it. However, the heck those guys do in the twenty four hour one do it. I have no clue, but I'm hoping to find out this year when I get into. A 24-hour tournament, whether it's the one at uh, the, the Sanctum or or if someone actually takes the $100 bet that I took for a Canadian tournament director to be brave enough to run run in Canada. So anyways, what I'm saying is if you join, if you're even if you've listened to too many pinball podcasts, I mean, I'm almost at 100, right? If you listen to all of them in one day, you would probably never want to listen to my voice again. But if you listen to one every couple days, you're fine. And it's the same thing with social media. It's the same thing with playing pinball. If you're feeling like you don't love it, forget it for a while. Give yourself a 72-hour break. Like anyone cannot go on social media for 72 hours, and it's not a big deal. Hopefully, you should be able to. Um, give yourself a 72-hour playing break. If you're kind of sick of it, say you had a big tournament and a league night in the same week, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of pinballed out. Or you just played 24 hours at the Sanctum. Give yourself like... A week or two off, maybe, if you can handle it. Now, if three days later you're going, oh, my God, I need pinball in my life. I got to hear that podcast. I have to go reply to that pin side thread. I have to quickly go, you know, play a game. I can't stand it. Or this new machine just got to, like, this cool barcade near me. Fine, go play. Let yourself go play. But don't get pinball burnout and be like my burnt-out buddy Pete. Just kidding. Just kidding. Pete's not a burnout. I hope he never listens to this. I'll let him listen. He doesn't. He's not going to listen to a pinball podcast. He definitely is not into pinball. But he is able to start walking and hiking longer distances now because he hasn't overtrained and wrecked his IT band and his leg again. So Pete and I are actually leaving to hike the Bruce Trail at the end of May. This isn't a regular trail. It's no Appalachian Trail or CDT or PCT like they have in the United States, which are all 1,000-kilometer trails. But this guy's like, 
uh, or even thousand mile trails. This guy's like around 500 miles. I don't know in miles. It's 900 kilometers, like 875 kilometers. So I will be gone for five or six weeks, but don't worry guys. I will be taking one to two days off per week. I will be actually playing in some barcades in Ontario that I've never been to further up north and around Toronto and further up by even Collingwood. Um, so I actually will be doing some podcasting from the trail and I do plan on doing a podcast with all the rattlesnakes in the background. Apparently a couple areas near, near Tobamori in the first 200 kilometers, uh, there's just huge rattlesnake areas. So if I'm ever really close to a rattlesnake guys, I'm going to tape an entire podcast that way. Um, anyways, I've gone completely off topic. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to like me on Facebook if you haven't done that under the Pinball Nerds podcast, and you can email me at the same at Gmail. All right, guys, until next time, eat, sleep, breathe, pinball.